Welcome to the Higher Ed Jobs Podcast, Ask the Expert Edition. I'm Andy Hebel, the Chief Operating Officer and one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. Today we're here with expert Matt Trainum, who is the Vice President, Networks and Strategic Partnerships at the Council of Independent Colleges. Welcome, Matt. Well, Kelly, good to be here again. Always a pleasure. Nice to see you again, Matt. So today's question is, as a soon-to-be graduate who will enter the job market, please advise how I should leverage LinkedIn and my network to be able to gain a foothold in the industry. Is it a competitive industry wherein demand exceeds supply or the other way around? Matt, what are your thoughts on this one? A great place to start is that I like to view pretty much every industry has competitive and every job has competitive. So you all probably have good numbers on the, the ebb and flow of postings. It might be interesting to hear a little bit about that. But I, I think from a mindset and a mentality perspective, just speaking about competition, I always view it as competitive, always view them as having a lot of applicants, and always view my role as trying to make sure that my application and my candidacy stands out. So that's my quick thought on the competitive piece. Before we go beyond that, I'd love to hear if either of y'all have some thoughts on that. Is it a competitive industry where demand exceeds supply part? I think setting the environment like you did, Matt, is spot on. I think as you look at it, I think trying to look at higher education as a bunch of micro industries within a larger venue. And while there are themes for all parts of higher education, what you might be doing in the easiest place to say it between a faculty position and an administrative position is very, very different. And then within each one of those, I think it's also specialized. What I would say to kind of respond to your question about the various departments in particular, I think you're going to see the department side, something like student affairs or advancement are going to have more entry-level positions. A lot of places where you'll actually find places to plug in if you have applicable skills and interests. Whereas there's going to be a few places within the university where it's going to be a little bit more specialized or just a handful of positions. They're going to be a little bit more competitive due to that nature. And then pick the faculty side. If you're a highly specialized faculty member, or unfortunately, a faculty member in some of the arts, there's going to be a lot fewer positions to start off with. Judging from this, it's sounding more like an administrative search. And I probably encourage some of the more traditional places where people get their first job in academia. I'm loving that. So I'll throw in two other nuances to that. Geography, of course, is huge. So if you're looking at a position that is at a school that is really rural, there are going to be a lot fewer applicants than at a school that perhaps is in D.C., where I often find myself, where there's just a lot more people to apply and look for jobs. And this brings up a question for folks in a job search of where you're willing to go. So if you are looking for a specific kind of role, if role is most important to you, then you need to have geography be less important to you so that you can have a less competitive applicant pool and perhaps get the kind of position you want. So that's a, an interesting piece. And I loved your comment about there's certain very specialized roles. When I was working executive search, we had positions that we would post nationally, advertise nationally for that paid really, really, really well. And we knew there's only like four or five people in the country that are going to be able to apply for that job that are really going to be candidates for it because it's just a specialized kind of background role. So I'm loving that. That's great conversation around the competitiveness of it. Any other thoughts around that one? First of all, I love these questions. I love that the person that submitted this question is thinking about how they strategically can get their first job in higher ed. But my question back regarding this conversation is, 
does it matter how competitive it is? Does that make you approach your job search differently? Kind of like the internal versus external candidate. Don't you still want to be strategic in putting your job search out there? So that's what I was thinking in terms of, does it matter or not? Just do it. Kelly, I'm with you. There's a variety of questions that I think we ask during interview processes, which there aren't really answers to. (laughs) We're not really going to know. And uh, we just need to do our best job as a candidate, which is back to that first part of this question, which is how do I leverage LinkedIn and how do I leverage my network to gain a foothold in the industry? I love those questions. So here's just a couple of thoughts on LinkedIn and yourself in general. I am a 100% fan of leveraging network. I also hesitate a little around the constant push for the personal brand. So I want folks to feel like they can leverage their network. And I also don't want folks to feel like they have to constantly every day be posting something to establish their personal brand. I think that that's a lot of pressure. I think that a few years from now, we're going to talk a little less about that because I think it's just going to be too much for folks to maintain. But when I think about someone going into a search, I want them to really have a lot of awareness of the problems they want to solve. And that's the kind of thing that they could talk about on social media. So a simple posting of a podcast from Hire a Jobs about a topic that they're interested in puts out into the world the kind of conversation they want to be in. And so that's not as exhaustive as them having to do their own podcast, but it shows that they're engaged in a conversation and that it's important to them. So I think about that. I think about them speaking into the social media networks on what's important to them. I think about them really being ready using their network. And so if I've got a network of people that I trust and I'm getting ready to graduate, can I tap into my network to make sure that I'm going to be good at interviewing? Can I talk to them about how I interview? Can I have them reflect back to me some things I might want to improve on? Am I humble enough to share my documents with others so that they can tell me if they're good or not? None of us here per se are super new professionals. We've been around a little while. I had a colleague of an equal tenure who was showing me a cover letter and it just wasn't great. And it wasn't that hard to make it great, but it wasn't great. And it is really hard at any stage of a career to share materials with others and be really open to feedback on them. And so as I think about network, I know this is a little different than the LinkedIn part. We'll go back to that in a minute. But I really think using networks to prepare ourselves so that we're going to show up in the interview part really set up is a key use of our network. Matt, I love the fact that you are considering the person's entire network, not just zoning in on the LinkedIn network, because yeah, it could be the career services department on campus. It could be professors. It could be people in their actual real life compared right. to just using the LinkedIn network. Indy, what were you going to say? I think it's interesting to kind of come back to the personal brand and kind of offer an acknowledgement here that I think is important for folks out there to understand. We're three Gen Xers. We did not come up in the same world that Gen Z is coming up in now, where I'd assume this question is coming from. When you look at a Gen Z population, these are parts of your life that we did not share that same experience with. So I tried to adjust it a little bit. What I tried to do is recalibrate what this is. And I tried to avoid words like leverage, because I think leverage means that you're trying to use it. I also see LinkedIn as a tool an extension of networking. And I think the hidden bias of LinkedIn, it tends to let people believe that quantity is better than quality. And I think in a network situation, it's about the quality of the relationships and the authenticity of putting your real self out there 
to both reflect what you're interested in to find a better career path, but two, have a real network connection with somebody. Simply getting a bunch of LinkedIn connections does not build a strong network. It builds a lot of LinkedIn connections. I think the value of LinkedIn in those places is a good place to understand your network and see how they're related to one another. I'm always amazed on LinkedIn about who knows who from various parts of my life. And two, I think the value of LinkedIn is an understanding of its ability to establish your credibility. I'm thinking back, I believe it was a while back, we had the HR team that does recruitment from Clemson on, and they were talking about how having your resume match your LinkedIn profile is a really important part of presenting yourself as an authentic candidate. There shouldn't be much space between that, if any. The recalibration here and the acknowledgement for Gen Z, I don't want to appear like a Gen Xer who doesn't understand it's a different set of circumstances today. Andy, your comments, as always, they drive and motivate me here. So I have a, a young person in my world. He is probably 22, did not go to college. He has opened up his own business. He has something to the effect of 22,000 followers on Instagram. And those are not leveraged in any way. Those are just there because he continued to friend people. And he authentically talked about things that were interesting to him. And so when, I, when I'm talking about the personal brand part, I will connect that to your comment about, really, this is about having authentic conversation in the spaces you're in. And then people then join into those conversations, right? Because they're interested in them. And I, I love that message. And I love that that's going to look different based on generation. I'd love to share a personal, can I reveal something silly and personal to you both right now? Is that okay? Can I do that? I'd love to hear Of course. It. This was a while ago when I was in a job search, I went and tried to think of every single person I knew so that I could link to them on LinkedIn so that I could get past the 500 person threshold. Because at that point on LinkedIn, after 500 friends or connections, it just said 500 plus. And I wanted it to look like I had lots and lots of friends. And I was like at 460. And so I was like, can I find 40 more people I can link to so that I just have 500 plus and it looks like I have more. And so I, I was driven by an inauthentic value of trying to look more important than perhaps I was or more connected than I was at that point by having more numbers on LinkedIn. I say all of that. And I will also say, I have not hired a candidate in the last eight, nine, 10 years without looking on LinkedIn, without just kind of glancing at them. Frankly, I just Google them and LinkedIn is, is a you know, high place on the Google list and it shows up and I look around. Having that look professional is really good. Having that reflect something of who you are in your voice. Again, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to restrict the pressure of feeling like I have to build a personal brand and hire a consultant around that. But how do I have LinkedIn reflect the conversations that I want to be a part of? And how do I have it be a real network and not a fake network of just people that I've linked so that I can get over the 500 mark? <laughs> so those are a few thoughts. I'd love to hear what else you all are thinking. Actually, we'd love to hear how folks out there are using LinkedIn and what they are thinking. And I'd like to remind people to email us at podcast at higheredjobs.com or tweet us at higheredjobs and let us know how you're using LinkedIn. How do you use your network in the job search process? And I'd like to remind you, Matt is here today because somebody like you sent us this question and we love to talk about it. So if you have a question that, hey, if you've been listening to us for the past few minutes and say, no, they should be answering this question, send it to us. We'd love to hear it. Thanks, Matt, for sharing that story. So I think what you're saying is we have to look at what the true definition of connection is. 
and get away from the term of leveraging and is actually more about relationship building, authentic relationship building. I love, Matt, that you are suggesting that people use their tools authentically. Thank you, Matt. Y'all, it's always a treat to be here. Thank you. Thank you for listening and have a great day. <laughs>